0: This is
1: the Video jumpyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! The dead who haunted
0: souls hunt the living.
1: I have come here to chew
0: bubblegum and kick ass.
2: And I'm all out of bubblegum. Well, this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-eight with the strength of twenty demons. It's time. Hey everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Goldbranson and with me as always my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Styskal. How's it going tonight, guys?
1: Hey. All. Good. Mm, yeah, good. Good.
2: Been up to anything, uh... Fun as we uh, we are as we recorded is the President's Day weekend. I think everyone we're talking about having a long weekend and um, yeah, anything uh, new with you guys? Oh no, and that's um, been kind of the point and the plan
1: <laughs> is to have as little going on as possible. So um, no, it was, was nice. Good. Yeah, I, I I caught up on laundry this weekend and that was fucking great because I'm 40 and that's excitement yeah. now.
2: These are the exciting lives that we lead. Mm-hmm. No, it's not for everybody. Not everyone can handle this kind of lifestyle, <laughs> but I you know what? I know we say that in jest, but I I think there's some
1: like hard truth to that. This is yeah. not a lifestyle <laughs> there, everybody there are can some truth to that. Because yeah, I think true. when you're at a certain age and this is I'm saying this from with self-reflection, the idea of spending a weekend like this would just been like mind-bogglingly torturous, you know. Yeah. I could not have handled it but now yeah. it's like
2: you just want me to stay here alright I can do that <laughs> you know? yeah if you didn't take me back 10 years like tell, explaining to me that like we would spend like my wife's birthday was this past weekend mm. and we were joking around before we were recorded we, we didn't do much besides we uh, went to the library and got the car washed went to Walmart and you know just kind of hung out at home and watched some TV at night after the kids went to sleep and it's like I think it was a perfectly good birthday. I think she was pretty content with it. Like um you get you take me back even 10 years and tell me that's what we're going to be doing to like celebrate her birthday, I'd be like, "No." <laughs> like, no that's terrible. Like but I'm not I'm not like just dis- I'm not like depressed about it at all. Like I'm like, "Okay, that's cool. That was good."
0: Yeah. So See, this this has been my lifestyle. Like that's been my lifestyle always. In fact, it has caused <laughs> a lot of contention. In a lot of previous relationships because it's like why don't you never want to do anything special for days and like i am i'm relaxing and enjoying what time i have to do a thing i don't care how old i am from 12 22 to 32 it's been consistent and i like <laughs> i i think i always found it funny it's just like i already know projected ahead of time where we're all going to end up and it's going to want to be this state like you guys are saying i'm just ahead of the curve here oh totally. I totally fucking understand Man, it and, 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 see you should it be and proud. appreciate it <laughs>
1: you should totally be proud because but ushering into this otherwise it, it, there's a bit of that panic you know <laughs> i am yeah. starting to understand more what people told me when i was like oh when i was approaching 40 i was like oh i don't know this is gonna feel an old and my friends are like 45 50 they're like no you just quit giving a fuck it's awesome <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you, you only know, get angry yeah. about your canned fish.
1: Well, yeah. There's and there's I, certain
2: important issues you just have to you know be be on top all of. All right.
1: But. I I you know what I even searched the internet to see like <laughs> is this a thing other people have noticed and I'm not unfortunately seeing. Maybe it's a local thing, but I have not been yeah. able
2: to find my canned. I can't started. say I've noticed a shortage, but then again I can't say that I've gone shopping for that or like bought any recently. So. Mm-hmm it's uh that that being uh, Joe was um, telling us the other day that there there appears to be at least in in Oshkosh and the immediate surrounding area in Wisconsin a shortage of canned sardines mm-hmm. what other what other products were you lumping into the canned fish well, specifically like, those but even like you know any kipper
1: snacks tin, kipper oh i haven't uh, seen kipper snacks in a smoked while smoked oysters those i can still <laughs> find
0: hmm. i wonder if it's just like all the doomsday, like baby boomers
1: who are just because
0: I'm thinking, like, who the fuck would just be taking all these I, fucking I weird old people canned goods? Because and... why is
1: it the only ones I'm seeing are like in the hot sauce, sardines yeah. and hot sauce, mm, yeah. which I don't personally care for. The mustard sauce ones have always been a staple, it's a, it's a, yep. like, they're really good, and even like in the olive oil or, or you know, canola oil, those, those are okay. Soybean oil is fine, but yeah, can't find it. Yeah. Had to resort I to online means, and I wasn't.
2: I'd, I'd use the dark web. I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> go find me some sardines. I don't care who I gotta pay. Like, That's right. I don't know. I don't. I got
0: a VPN. It's fine. <laughs> I gotta get my. I don't care if the, anyone tracks me. I'm getting my sardines by any means. Almost, it's just turned into an episode of Futurama, really fucking quick.
2: It, it is, but <laughs> you go meet some guy with a briefcase out behind the, you know, Dollar General or something, and I mean.
0: With the rate of inflation, you you might actually find the one can of sardines that like are worth millions of dollars.
1: Well, and you know, oh yeah, and then I'm the rich. whole inflation thing too. When I did find stuff like the prices of this, it's ridiculous. And let's be honest, what what we the the the, the word that we're using inflation is not really what's going on.
2: No, I tried to avoid avoid that word because I hear it so often. It's like, hang on, hang on, hang
1: on. yeah inflation is just an increase in like the cost of materials and whatnot. you can't claim record profits and yeah. increased profit margins and then say inflation sorry <laughs> that's gouging yep yeah can't, that's that's can't explain America. those things to some people though not that i want to sound a no. conspiracy theorist or anything they no i think it's, it. i don't
0: think it's a conspiracy i think it's blatantly there yeah like it's, much like climate change and everything else, the things that are wrong with our world are blatantly there. They're not hidden. It's just no one wants to believe them. They rather yeah, believe the nonsense. That, we
2: have this idea that if something's inconvenient or uncomfortable, that we can just choose not to believe it. So yeah, whatever. That's why we, and that's I use, why we don't. That's the royal we. So not. Yeah, not there's me.
0: there's <laughs> no need of a neuralizer here, which I feel like is a good segue. It's just blatant <laughs> human uh, choice to be ignorant. Yeah. Which, by the way, that line in the movie where he says, like, you know, a few days a few days, like a few years ago, people believed that the fucking Earth was flat, and now they know different. And it's just like, oh, that didn't age well. That's yeah. like the one thing in this movie that didn't age well. <laughs> it's like, no, we yeah.
2: regressed. If we could go back to 1997 <laughs> and tell you that those people are going to have a resurgence, and you'd be like, no. But anyway, so if you didn't guess by yeah, the, qu- the quotes and us uh, talking about the the tech from the movie. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the 1997 uh, Barry Sonnenfeld film, Men in Black. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. We'll take it from here. Who the hell are you? INS Division 6. There is no Division 6. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth.
1: You're only here because you're the best of the best. And we're looking for one
2: of you. Hey. What's up? I wanna get some coffee. You want some coffee? No, thank you. I'm fine.
0: Here <laughs> <are those, laughs> fellas. Hey! Okay. You guys get along all right? No! Yeah. Oh, oh, all right,
2: I'm in. From now on, you will have no identifying marks of any kind. We're <laughs> no longer part of the system. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? i make this look good. Series 4 deatomizer. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Noisy cricket. I feel like I'm gonna break this damn thing. <laughs> oh, it gets better. <laughs> Dad, we have a bug. Unlimited technology from the whole universe, and we cruise around in a Ford POS. Fasten your seatbelt. See, now we got to work on your people skills. <laughs> Columbia Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present
0: I knew it. This is an alien and you guys are from some government agency trying to keep it under wraps.
2: No. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I'm gonna count to three. He'll do it, Jeeves. One. I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. Two. He's always crazy. Why don't you get a massage or take a cream? Three. Do
0: you have any idea how much that stings?
2: Will Smith.
0: What the hell are you? Your world's gonna end.
2: In a new film from the director of the Adams Family and Get Shorty. Men in black, protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe. You know how to use these things? No idea whatsoever. Men in Black follows the exploits of Agents K and J, members of the top-secret organization established to modern alien activity on Earth. The two MIB find themselves in the middle of a deadly plot by an intergalactic terrorist who has arrived on Earth to assassinate two ambassadors from opposing galaxies. K and J face a simple imperative. Track down the interloper, or the Earth will be destroyed. It's all in a day's work for the Men in Black. That's almost accurate to the... Yeah, it's not a bad one, actually, Yeah.
0: I think it says he's like ah, oh, he's here to assassinate it's like no he's here to steal a source of energy in the size of a marble that's yeah <laughs> which by the way tr- as a as a kid I did not pay attention to any of this fucking plot this movie was out when I was seven no and,
2: like, me neither no. the plot was actually like new to me and I've seen this like same. Times, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like oh
2: that's what they're doing uh. <laughs> I
0: thought he was just being a
2: dick I, I... so what specifically is your background with men in black um, either of you uh i i remember
1: seeing this one in theaters uh yeah 97 i think i was on my way to wyoming i think on my first dinosaur dig and my dad and i stopped somewhere for the night and we went to go see this at a local theater somewhere so that's how I, I have a memory of going to see this definitely um I actually was... I went out and had it on video, too, so I, this was one I watched a lot. Yeah. yeah. I was in high school, but I still thought it was pretty... I was, like, a, a freshman in high school when this one came out. I,
0: you, Ryan? So. I was, like I said, I was, like, seven. I got this... I got the VHS as a Christmas gift from um, a family friend who sadly passed away, like, a few years after that. But uh, this movie... God, fuck, I loved it so much. Um but i think i probably worn out the fucking vhs tape <laughs> and <laughs> nice. um it's one of those th- it's one of those movies where you just kind of like instinctively know like all the fucking things at play like the pre the previews for other films <laughs> it's one mm-hmm. of those films for me uh same with like the batman uh, 89 fucking vhs oh yeah with the I fucking so weird it. diet coke commercial <laughs> Yeah, uh, was yeah. there
2: some like Looney Tunes? The Warner uh, Brothers cataloging of it. Yes, yeah. that yep. um, same <laughs> anyway. with this.
0: And you get the music video at the end, which for some reason it was like that was the thing, I guess. Like that was the the final end credits that you used to get at movies uh like yeah. these was uh you get a music video. Well when you got it Tommy when
1: to... you got I mean Will Smith in there. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones would have been interesting. Tommy Lee Jones would have been interesting. Well when you got Will Smith in it during <laughs> his honestly, peak that music then... video Will Smith in 1997 attached to your movie, and yeah. he did the theme song for it. Oh, yeah, you're gonna get that.
2: <laughs> right. But, it was the precursor to any, like, special features that we eventually got with DVDs, but yeah. yeah.
1: But
0: yeah, this 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 one, um, fuck. This, this movie. This movie was actually my Ghostbusters um, before I really got to watch Go- Like, I liked Ghostbusters when I was a kid. I just never really got to get anything out of it it was really hard for me to get a movie because i never knew how to describe it to my parents what i liked until later you know it's this weird whole fucking thing it's like how do you not get this thing but this movie was it for me which i think kind of leads into why i Mm -hmm. i've suggested that we do these movies like these movies being we're doing men in black and followed we're going to be doing evolution is that i noticed that there is a certain like if I were to say that these movies are a lot like Ghostbuster, uh, or Sorry, Ghostbusters. It's plural. <laughs> it's not yeah. just the one. Um, is a lot like Ghostbusters in, like... I feel like... You don't know how to, to compare it, but it, I feel like it kind of clicks a little bit. Like, yeah, kind of. Like, the idea of, like, some... Like, a group of people somewhat down-to-earth fighting these extravagant f- um well-made uh like um effect effects of creatures like Mm suit they're like these kind of like cartoonish but realistic combination uh with witty dialogue and an odd like submersion into like a, a whole new universe of sorts you know like yeah i think with like we're getting later like evolution's a little bit closer to the more blue collary aspect of with ghostbusters where this is more government but i would say strongly more so the use of practical effects uh and just the the odd universe like so yeah. this weird little like uh uh was it a uh, double feature that we're doing And know of yeah. you is movies that ryan thinks are vaguely similar to ghostbusters and his conspiracy <laughs> theory that that's that's what's going on That it's like yeah. it's the same studio too columbia studio did fucking uh, men in black and yeah. i think they did ghostbusters as well so they
1: like, did it's I, I, if as we've been talking about this over the last couple of you know weeks about doing this this two-parter on like <laughs> you just said like they're kind of ghost- because i have a Tempted to explain like <laughs>
0: yeah. there's a Ghostbusters template. Well, yeah. and,
1: and we also mentioned like tying this in, of course, Ivan Reitman who made Ghostbusters and Evolution has passed away yeah. recently. Yeah. You know, if I may these are yeah. movies that are trying to catch that Reitman lightning in a bottle. That's a good way of wording it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The Reitman model.
1: The 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 Reitman Lightning.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I was gonna say that they're kind of um, science fiction fantasy slash fantasy comedies yeah yeah um which i think is very much something that i'm not going to say didn't exist before ghostbusters because it certainly did but it was repopularized i think in that uh ghostbusters was such a popular film that i think that the uh formula that was kind of you know ghostbusters and the, the dynamics of those characters and the way that it's kind of just a quirky use of the fantasy sci-fi elements and so yeah it's it's definitely i i get what you're saying it's definitely right up the same alley and i think it's it's certainly an appropriate thing to analyze just not a very easy thing to explain (laughs) no and there's other movies (laughs) that do it
0: like uh one that comes to mind is actually was uh the ripd is like a good example of like a flawed one there's a there's a lot of flawed
1: ones but i'd say the first hellboy movie also tries to in a way Oh, yeah. Especially from similarities the there. especially from the perspective of you've got like the straight man coming in who's learning about this, like you're seeing everything through the new recruit's eyes, which is obviously yeah. what Men in Black does as well. You're seeing this world is being un- unveiled to you along with Will Smith. You know, yeah, like you're with him. Yeah, um, you know, Hellboy did that. Ghostbusters does that a bit, except it's that the guys finding their own way. Evolution is. You know, we'll get more to that next week. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, these are yeah. these are movies that have a unique way of kind of explaining this offbeat perspective of the world. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting. You know, when when Men in Black came out, this was um, you know Will Will Smith was having a good year. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, with uh, Independence Day as well, which I believe came out was it the same the year before so independence came yeah, out in it, 96 it was generally in the same yeah yeah you've got mars attacks which had come out you know there were there were in 96 as well this was the the mid to late 90s had a lot of alien movies
0: yeah yep. aliens were becoming a lot more prominent in in our culture again like the resurgence of it especially well, in on- film
2: on television we had the x files at a kind yep. of popularity as well which is probably what kind yeah. of maybe stemmed into this with the yeah men in oh black, totally yeah. but i mean yeah we had oh,
1: independence yeah. day which is alien invasion x files which is alien invasion mars attacks is alien invasion men in black
2: totally different yep totally it's totally different it's oh it's, it's it is not an invasion. invasion movie but it's certainly
0: it's like a buddy cop film well, it's even, yeah even alien the line invasion.
1: tommy lee jones uses in the movie to sum it up it's like casablanca with no nazis Okay, yeah. Yeah, pretty honest <laughs> <laughs> You know that's they're they're yeah they're kind of like Rick and <laughs> Casablanca the whole yeah. Movie. Um, what did what did you guys think of, about like the uh, the
2: casting in this? How does that work? I casting mean, is pretty spot on, I and mean, yeah, we didn't. I mean, I think if you assume most people are going to be fairly familiar with at least the leads in this, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. There's a pretty deep supporting cast as well, in my opinion uh vincent d'onofrio turns in a just absolutely unhinged performance as the bug creature yeah. in this movie uh Rick torn is one of his more memorable roles as chief zed uh tony shalhoub in a brief but good uh, appearance as the pawn shop alien uh i forget what his jeebs yeah um, <laughs> yeah and uh david cross has a quick uh yeah <laughs> cameo type appearance in it i don't know there's a so good good supporting cast and uh and linda florentino. yeah i think it was yep yeah yeah linda florentino which she um, just disappeared after the 90s i swear to god yeah what yeah i don't know what happened try, to her, try
0: looking if you ever try looking her up she's got one of those very short wikipedia's with no photo
2: so hmm yeah i just kind of like hovered over her name actually on it and it was uh Trying to see what else I remember her from and yeah. So everything this is kinda of like the most recent movie I remember her from, so which is kinda yeah. crazy. But um yeah, I know to to answer your question, I think the casting's great. I think Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith opposite one another in kind of the buddy cop situation. They're um and it, like we were talked about, I don't remember if it was on the air or off at this point, but uh Tommy Lee Jones has kind of been said to be hard to work with i don't mean to put any like words in <laughs> rumor mill but um i don't know how their their uh chemistry was offset but it was really great on set like they're they play back and forth off of each other so well and well, um they've done yeah. like two other movies after this
0: like right in, within the yeah. franchise so it had to be something mm-hmm. like
2: yeah I, I think he probably ended up being a little happier with this than uh his first uh, impression because i like, i heard he i think i just read it on wikipedia that he shot he turned down this part a couple of times before steven spielberg had to make a personal um plea to him to <laughs> uh that they would work on the script if he would promise to do it so, so yeah. yeah but yeah their chemistry is amazing especially the
0: quips that they have back and forth like with uh I'd say Will Smith's more, like, excited, youthful kind of snaps. And uh, mm-hmm. then Timely Jones, a little a little bit drier, a little more grizzled. But, like, full of authority regardless. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's I still, to this day, still chuckle at some of
2: the things. And now that I'm older, I'm able to catch a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know if I realized that Tommy Lee Jones' character K in this was funny Yeah. when I was a kid. Like, he seemed so serious and kind of, but no, he's hilarious. He's got, like, all the best lines, so.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just as dead, what is it, the, the.
1: I don't know. I, I forget There it's called. Well, he's, Tommy Lee Jones is known for being somewhat, you know, deadpan. And I mean, look yeah. at some of the characters he's always played, he's rarely played a, you know, a, a, a lovable nice warm character he you know he plays these kind of angry guys <laughs> um and that's something i guess i think he's a phenomenal actor but yeah i kind of wonder why in the 90s we start seeing him in you know the the joel schumacher batman and we, we see him in the men in black movies it's just it seems very odd and maybe that was part of his his desire to to do films like this but um you know, and Will Smith, like I said, this was like in the, the peak of when he was making all these alien-type movies with his one-liners and stuff. But it, I don't know, doesn't it feel like this one kind of tries to, it, it, it's sometimes to a fault and sometimes not, but it's like trying to play up the grumpy old man to streetwise youth
2: back and forth over and over oh, and yeah. over again. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, the same way something like 48 Hours did or like other buddy cop movies yeah. that have, you know... Like the, I think 48 Hours might be the best example with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, but... Yeah, just uh, Yeah. Yeah. The, um, um... Yeah.
1: The effects in this one, though, still hold up pretty well. Definitely the, the eff- practical
0: ones, yeah. but the Digitals, like, they're so, definitely older, but nothing, like, awful.
1: Yeah, I've still yeah. seen worse. Yeah. The like, more recently. effects
2: in this yes are actually pretty good even the cg effects are so much better than stuff that like came like we talked about movies that are 10 years old or newer than this that had a lot worse cgi like uh we were talking about cgi and oh i'm gonna keep picking on it but i'll bring up van helsing again it's just this atrocious (laughs) um yeah and maybe it's the amount of it that they use versus um practical but i really feel like the effects in this movie generally hold up can you tell it's you know, a 1997 movie, and maybe it's a, it's not perfect to this modern standard. Yeah, there's a couple of scenes, or there's a couple of effects, sure. But overall, they're really pretty good. Um, yeah. Well, Even, uh, even the computer-generated.
0: Well, they have Spielberg's uh, entertainment company, uh, Amblin. Yeah. Like, so, you know, coming off of Jurassic Park, like, years later. But, you know what I mean? Like, I would say, like, oh, they're kind of, like... I would say they're a little bit, like, updated versions of... Dr- first jurassic park and i'm like yep that would make sense
1: well yeah it's industrial light yeah. and magic and you had rick baker yeah. did all the the creature effects and makeup yeah so, so yeah. i was going to mention rick baker's uh practical effects are fantastic um, yeah and it and it did win best makeup at the academy awards for what that's worth yep
2: only Oscar at one, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, no, that's surprising, but yeah, it definitely de- deserved for both Rick Baker and yeah. um, David Leroy Anderson, I guess, is the other one,
1: makeup artist. That so, won. what you're saying is for 1997, this movie had working for it the best of the best of the best. <laughs> Sorry, the honors. I, had to. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was going to say, like, to add is like, um, so Danny Elfman does the score, and it's like, it's one of those things like it didn't really click, on, click in my head until like now yeah um but it took me about
2: two seconds to listen to it and i went oh danny elfman (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um but it's i would say like you know it's like this is definitely a danny elfman style but it is very like a different i think side of danny elfman like that like a lot heavier like usually he has a lot more whimsical stuff and that that's throughout here but most of it like the men in black theme is like dun 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 you know that I don't know. I kind of, that's something that I was noticing like, hmm, this is a little bit, I don't know. This is just me taking it like Danny trying to expand yeah. outward. It feels kind of like a cold uh, bureaucracy type situation as, as it would be for, you know, a government agency that's like, you know, FBI, but for aliens. Uh, yeah. But that's, I don't know. Ba- I, based on your guys' tones, maybe I'm the only one excited about that.
2: <laughs> no, I know. I hear what you're talking about. It it's, yeah. I think his scores are great. Although you always can pick out, it might. Yeah. I'm not insulting him when I say like he's one of my favorite film composers. Like, well, I can always tell his work because it does have something that ties it together. But I do think he does a good job of adapting his style to set yeah. films. Uh, I do hear a little bit of uh, similarity to Beetlejuice's score. It points yeah, honestly, but uh, yeah. but yeah, it, it's not like it's identical in any way. Like that's it's just kind of got that kind of like galloping undertone to it. That uh, but yeah, it's it's. It's fun, um, good music. It's hard to uh, find a score of his that I don't think is at least pretty good. He's, he, I mean, he's not quite John Williams, legendary, but he's close for in my book. So, yeah, he's uh,
0: he's fun. Yeah. You know, he yeah. has a funness to it.
2: Um, yeah, maybe won't bring up uh, the Joss and Justice League movie, but maybe that was one of the more disappointing ones of his. Oh, but, I
0: didn't, I didn't but, even okay. know he did the
2: score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, They replaced all the original music with Danny Elfman, and I get it. Get the impression it was really last minute, so probably not really his fault. But he put his name on it, so everyone's gotta get a paycheck, you know?
0: Yeah, it's not all perfect. (laughs) He's gotta get another sleeve tattoo, Danny Elfman.
2: (laughs) Right. Um, I didn't realize about this movie that this was a, and I'm probably like the only person that didn't know this, but this was actually a Marvel comic book series. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten that or just wasn't aware <laughs> when I was watching the credits I saw that. so I found it, like, much later in life. Like, yeah. it surprised me. I'm like, oh, and the, so. The yeah. thing is, I've been into, like, collecting comics and reading comics for so many years, and I have never once come across an issue of one of these things, so right. it's interesting. It,
1: it was originally um, Malibu Comics, which was then bought okay. out by Marvel. So
0: that's how that works. So
1: it's 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 got a whole back history. Um, I guess the first of the comics came out in the ni- in 1990. Okay. Um, and then it was purchased. Uh, it was actually originally published by what's called Air Cell Comics, um, out of Ottawa, and then that was bought by Malibu, which was then bought by Marvel.
0: Yeah.
1: So. It. I don't think Marvel really did much with it until they were doing this movie, and then they started coming out with some one shots. Okay. So, movie I remember there up. being
2: a movie tie-in, but they always do movie. They tie-ins always do. For yeah, yeah. Like, it, yeah.
1: It originally started out in um, yeah 1990, and then Marvel uh, purchased them in '94, um, and then the film came out in '97. Around with a bunch of one shots. So I'm I'm trying to find. Uh, a copy of like that first series the arse the air cell series um, okay yeah. but no nah, i'm mm-hmm. not willing to pay what i'm seeing it go for
2: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i'm surprised being that this is a relatively like popular not relatively a very popular film mm-hmm. series that that ran for four films now um that there aren't like graphic novel compilations of that stuff maybe it's just a tricky rights thing because it's changed hands so many times i
1: i i think it might also be it could be that but i think it might also be the differences um similar to um the jim carrey movie the mask how that was based on a Mm -hmm. comic but the comic was very different it was like yes really kind of dark and violent um the men in black comic is from what i've read really really dark um, yeah. And, and, and it, it deals
0: with like all sorts of paranormal yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's not,
1: not just, just aliens, aliens. It's like werewolves and vampires and all that mm-hmm. shit. Um, so I think they've they've tried to rebrand it into this kind of more
2: light, light, com- yeah, comedy and generally family friendly kind of, yeah. And but, it does you know, work. Yeah, you know, I think it does. Yeah.
0: Going off the like going off the, another similarity to like Ghostbusters. Um, with these next two things, is that it was so popular that it did get a spin-off animated series.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh as well. Which I do remember watching some episodes as a kid and really getting into it. Uh I think it was done by the same it was done by the same uh animation studio that did like the the animated Godzilla that was the spin off of the ninety eight movie, which we all agree is essentially the best version of that universe is yeah. <laughs> the animated series. Um, which, you know, I think it, they found the way to like dive into some darker elements, but mm-hmm. I don't want to say that too much. This movie is, it has some fucking dark shit. Like it may not show it to you, but like the yes. concepts there, like Edgar himself, let's talk about how that whole fucking process of being skinned.
1: Well, there, there's a, con- <laughs> there's a cartoonish aspect to Yeah. A lot of this movie, especially like here's a bug walking around in a guy's skin. Yeah, that's pretty dark, but this was also ninety seven. That wasn't you know we we'd all seen that. Um Right, you know. It's
2: something we didn't see in a lot of other like PG (laughs) thirteen movies, like yeah. Um,
1: What I think's a little different though about this one is there's there are some there's places where you can tell knowing that it came from a comic book that is definitely darker and let me just to give you a comparison and this is just based on what i've heard and and read about that comic series it's about the different men in black the movie versus the comic is kind of like teenage mutant ninja turtles movie versus the original eastman and Laird comic yeah yeah it's definitely more serious and dark Um, But I mean think about it one of the things to become an MIB is you have to completely give up your friends and family like you have no history you are missing to the world Uh,
2: you you give up your identity something that this movie didn't really tend to dwell on and I can see why
1: and I bet that's something that could be developed more but this this isn't the movie they that's not the story they want to tell, right. and I get right. No.
2: It's not doesn't fit the 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 mood of this movie. You were to do this as like a a, a series now, which you know they probably could do. Like adapt this into something. You, you could definitely spend some more time on what what these people have to give up. Like,
0: like. But it's really yeah. It's I can you can see like with the tonality like that's what makes I think this movie. I would argue always usually for like yeah deeper stories and stuff. But with it comes the Men in Black. I'm like no. I, I want more, I, maybe more stories with different agents and different, like, assignments would be really cool.
1: And I think that's what uh, made that cartoon, yeah. the animated series, really good. Um, yeah. Is that, and, and I think that's just... You want to be in the world more. Exactly. And while this did have three other sequels, and I'm not going to, you know, go into all those either because we're not reviewing those, but um, they, they're they lesser and lesser acclaim, right? Uh, in fact, the most recent one did not do well at all. Oh, it was so bad. Um, yeah. I did. I and, seen that and it was so bad. And, and I think one of the reasons <laughs> is, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but this type, this story of, okay, you know, intergovernmental agency or international mm. agency that monitors and, you know, regulates the immigration of, of alien species on the planet Earth. Um, yes, there are stories to tell there. But I think those stories probably work better as bite-sized, twenty-five to thirty-minute stories, and not two-hour. Yeah. Or at least the ones that have been two hours aren't the ones that are that interesting. You know. I right? mean,
0: it's it's tough. I think. I think it's like what well, I think. What would make it? I think what made those movies so difficult, honestly, wasn't necessarily the stories, but. The fact that they were con- constantly trying to capture the same lightning in a bottle, and it just felt less authentic, like with the first movie. Oh, well, like that's like
1: yeah. yeah. And any franchise where you're yeah. unveiling a world, you can really only do it once. But and let's, then you're just kind of revisiting. Well, and
2: then a lot of times sequels try to like up the game, and it just gets ridiculous, or it gets too silly, or it gets mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: But let I that's us lean into this good one again. I I wanted to go more into Vincent D'Onofrio's fucking performance here. Um, when when I brought up the because holy shit, talk about it this is this is the first time I've ever actually seen him in anything. I don't know if this is the same for you guys. But this is definitely an actor who disappears in a role. Uh uh-huh. holy shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. He often does. Like he's always like that usually that transformative but in this one he just he definitely gives this thing a hundred and fifty percent. Like, oh, he is just, just the kind of creepiest, grossest character, and he does a really great job with it. And, uh, yeah, like you said, disappears into a role to the point, like, I didn't even realize this was Vincent Danafi. I remembered the character. Uh, when I saw his name in the credits, I'm like, oh, who does he play in the movie? And then I'm like, oh, wait, he's like the main bad guy. I remember this character. And it's like, okay, well, you know, it kind of makes sense when I, you know, look at the performance now. But, yeah, he's got all these kind of, because he's a bug. An alien, you know an ex- insectoid alien creature wearing a human skin he's got all these kind of quirky body motions and things he does with his face and there's there's a makeup but he's doing a lot of it physically as well so it's well, yeah it's, he, it's pretty amazing it's, <laughs> it's like it's pretty great
0: but. you come to a person like listen i need you to play a role where you are a a massive bug alien about the size like about the size of two fucking minivans but you're crammed inside of the body of a human being can you function like that oh yeah <laughs> i'll contort my chin and back whatever it is i can't rem- i can't say how many times that my dad uh who you know construction worker um, late 30s who watched this movie just looked at a character and go i relate to this <laughs> that's how my body feels on a yeah. daily basis uh, like a like a condensed corpse, <laughs> I'm like interesting, and I can't not ever scrub that from my brain. <laughs> and now as I get older, I'm like, yep,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's making sense.
2: He's oh. yeah incredible, and um, I can't imagine anyone else doing it. Uh, according to Wikipedia, both John Turturro and Bruce Campbell were offered this role and turned it down. Um, both of those actors I I like a lot, and I think they could do some great great things as well but I can't imagine either of them being as good as D'Onofrio is in this so right but, yeah it's it's great so hmm. um what are your guys thoughts if any on uh, Rip Torn as uh Chief Zed, the head, head of the MIB in this movie
0: very fitting oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah <laughs>
2: yeah and uh,
1: apparently in the original comic you never see zed he's just a presence that they talk to like over the phone or whatever mm-hmm. uh, to have him be rip rip torn and just i don't know <laughs> the there's a, a running gag throughout the movie where will smith is trying to be all badass and says i just remember you guys came to me so i don't want to be called you know kid or rookie or anything like that and you know Rip Torn's like, go get him, Tiger. <laughs> he's, like, he's doing like every one of those games. You know, Sport, Kiddo. Junior. And junior. Also, yeah, and yeah it, it's... Yep. yeah, yeah. It, it They all are working really well off of each other in this. Um, but yeah, I, I've always liked Rip, Rip Torn in this one. He, he is... Yeah. Uh, I know I saw him in stuff before this, but his performance in this was so impactful. Just... It, it stuck in my mind as a kid uh, or a teenager that now every time I see him I'm almost like oh it's Ed <laughs> it's, That's the you know, same that's for the goats. Yeah. This was my well, first that, introduction, that or man.
2: the uh, the dad from Freddy got fingered, but yeah. So Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still think even with that one, it was just like oh the No you I, know, Freddy Freddie got fingered. Yeah the dad from
2: that's it's, it's it's I no, <laughs> I agree. This is his iconic role. That was uh but anyway. Um, I mean
0: there's also dodgeball, but I, you can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball.
1: I I will say there's a. I I enjoy this one enough, even to this day. Where one of my favorite lines from any movie is in this one.
0: That's uh. That? And yeah. it's it's the scene
1: it? when. Will Smith's. Debating. You know if he wants to. Do this and um you know he's now learned that there's aliens all over especially new york um in disguise (laughs) and you know he he makes a comment to tommy lee jones about like what about people you know they they're they're people aren't dumb they're gonna figure it out and he says no a person is smart but people are dumb dangerous panicky animals And you know it. And you know it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then leads into that thing that you were talking about earlier in the, uh, tonight, Ryan, about like the, you know, people knew that the Earth was the center of the universe. They knew the world was flat. Imagine what they'll know tomorrow. And despite what appears to be, you know, contrary to that, um, I, I still agree, and I still love that line. That whole speech he gives is one of my favorites of any movie because it, beyond like the silly idea about a, you know. You know, maintaining alien presence in Manhattan and, and you know whatever. Um, I I really like that kind of. That's where the movie steps out a little bit, and maybe maybe they're dipping into their source material a hair. I don't know. I want to find out. Um, mm-hmm. But that seems like an idea that would be explored a little bit more, or could be. The idea of the psychological effect of you know this now, and. It's different than what you thought. It's a huge paradigm shift, which is really what that speech was about—was paradigm shifts. Yeah. You know. Um yeah. But it's it's about yeah you know here's here's a potential for a paradigm shift, but we know how people as a population can act. So that that line about people being dumb, panicky, dangerous animals—I think that's been proven.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, time and time time again. and time especially again. lately we have seen a lot of this so.
1: yeah 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 you know and uh my my disbelief in conspiracy theories isn't that i don't think it's plausible that these things could be happening it's that i don't believe there's a group of people capable of keeping their mouths shut that well
2: yeah yeah Yeah. same it's my it's my uh, it sounds terrible. My lack of faith in humanity that actually causes me not to believe in any of that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. That, but yeah. that that whole scene, and especially that line about
1: a person is smart. It 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 did strike me even in like the late nineties. Wow, that is an incredibly powerful line in this movie.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. But it still yeah, rings there's... in
1: my head too. I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is a, a fun, uh, you know, summer blockbuster, sell the popcorn kind of uh, movie, and it, it there's nothing wrong with that. It, it fires on all oh, levels, yeah. and I think it's a good, successful, you know, summer blockbuster. But it does have, it's got a couple of moments that are impressive to me. Um, that is definitely one of them. Uh, I really dig the, like, 50s, 1950s tone with Flying Saucer kind of stuff that they got going on yeah. in, in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, that is totally untouched. Well, okay, Mars Attacks definitely plays into that as well, but generally, they were were based off an actual like card thing at the time, so yeah. So basically, since the 1950s flying saucer movies, I don't think we've seen any kind of straight up like you know, alien invasion (laughs) flying saucer zooming over New York City kind of thing, and they, they gave us some great moments of that, so um. Surely that comes from Spielberg and Sonnenfeld being of an age where they probably grew up watching those films. But uh, that, that was really cool, and I, I feel like that's really well done. There's a moment that's always stuck with me, and I remembered it you know, from before, but watching again, um, and it's kind of a, a, an easy thing to kind of look a, glance over, but um, Will Smith's character, the scene when they are questioning Edgar's wife, and they wipe, <laughs> they wipe her memory, He does like a really kick ass like job of like building her up, like beyond like what and I'm like this is this is a scene that is a little ahead of nineteen ninety seven, I feel like. Like this is this is good stuff. And it's it's brief and it's funny. Like it's not really like deep emotionally touching stuff but i really felt like it was well done and <laughs> you're gonna like, go you know, to bloomingdale's get yourself good. some dresses yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because she's essentially she's a battered wife and we see edgar's behavior prior to him becoming the bug yeah and it, it's you know it's not good the situation that they have there is not you know she's definitely an abused woman yeah. uh, this this movie does not dive deeply into the big issues but i think it taking that moment and acknowledging that and him like taking that, like, no, you're not, you're not going far enough with this. We can, we can, we can like really he, help this person. Like, he, he didn't
0: leave you. You kicked him out yeah <laughs> and you're making yep. your life better.
2: Yeah. I totally see what you're saying, Eric. Yeah. It was, it was a cool moment. I remember that moment, but I think it meant, it meant more to me now on this watch. And I was like, that's cool. I feel like that's for being 1997. That that's a pretty great moment. Yeah, I, I never <laughs> yeah, thought of it that way, so. but you, you,
1: that's a good point. You know, he.
0: I agree. Like, you know. I didn't think about that. How wonderful that actually is. <laughs> because the gag was really
1: more just about like Tommy Lee Jones being, you know, this old, fuddy, you know. Yeah. Like curmudgeon, like he always is. You're gonna, you're is, gonna yeah. m- m- erase your mind, and that's the best lame shit you've got. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> um Yeah, there's there's a lot yeah. of great banter back and forth. In, in in this, um there's also some some all the stuff with with Linda um, Fiorentino is good, because she yeah. she really sells weird in this. <laughs> yes, got a whole
0: Queen of the Undead, <laughs> Queen vibe. of the Undead thing. Yeah, the, you know what I no, like to do
1: sometime body? when I'm down here by myself. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it, if anything, the only problem I have with with her character is that she's underutilized. Like. She's she could definitely be in this a little more, especially since they're going to ha- pass the mantle to her at the end. But but
0: then she doesn't even show up for the sequels.
2: Right, which is a bummer. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think they just say that I think in the the sequel movie they just say that she she died from something. No. She 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 they some some kind of line about like she loved being in the morgue so much was essentially something. I don't remember. I only saw <laughs> that movie like once, but I saw this movie like
2: Eighty thousand yeah, times this is the oh. one i saw so um for sure well
1: so, our, to, so we mentioned the the brain wiping thing the the tech in this there's you know they the mibs technology is is another kind of fun thing and i don't just mean like the the rocket boosting car and that kind of a thing but just like the whole <laughs> idea of like where they get their funding is from having patents on things that they confiscate from other worlds yeah,
0: yeah. that's how <laughs> yeah i never caught that until this view and Actually, it's one of those new things as an adult
1: instead of a kid going, huh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that to, makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to buy yeah. the White
1: Album again. Um, yeah. <laughs> but of course, the, the Neuralizer is such a cool and kind of terrifying <laughs> idea of, of a device yeah. that as right. long as you're wearing you know, sunglasses, it, it'll block them. But yeah, you can erase people's minds and from a certain time. Yep. I do remember the trailer for this movie, though having a line after they neuralize Edgar's wife. Um, where in the trailer, Tommy Lee Jones takes off a sunglass and goes, that's why they're called Ray-Bans. And it was never <laughs> in the movie. And I'm glad it was never in the
2: movie because that was like a they terrible line. <laughs> probably that, shot that because Ray, Ray-Ban had it in their contract that they were going to say that. but yeah, I don't even think they used yeah. Ray-Bans. They look like Oakleys. Yeah, they, I, yeah, I'm not sure they did, but Ray-Ban did have a promotional... Like, I don't know what they're wearing in the movie, because I agree they don't really look like Ray-Bans. But Ray-Ban... Maybe it was even tied in with Men in Black 2 and my memory is playing tricks on me, but I know Ray-Ban had the Men in Black tie-in and they did commercials and, like, um, for those sunglasses. So maybe that was the sequel. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because yeah, cause it says Ray-Ban was part of their... Uh, five to ten million television campaign but i know yeah. that like when they did
2: the vhs's you didn't get a pair of ray-bans you did however because it's in my copy that uh, which yeah funny funnily funny enough i have a vhs copy of men in black and this is not my old copy that i had years ago that's long gone this is when i found uh, i don't know at a garage sale for practically free or something but it's in good shape and it had the ray-ban coupon in it still Ah, so so, yeah it did have a ray-ban promotion inside the box i have it actually sitting right here but oh yeah and
1: they i just read they officially yeah they're oh they they ray-ban
2: marketed the hell out of that yeah yeah Yeah. i can remember you could get the mib like they had the little like mib logo on them like you could get the men in black ray-bans for a while Mm -hmm. there
0: I remember going back to the Neuralizer. I remember, because they did, they, so when the animated series came out, Burger King Kids menu was doing, that was the toys, and one of them was a Neuralizer. Like, it was a more cartoony-looking version, but guys, I can't tell you how hard I looked for that motherfucker when I was a kid, which, you know, as a kid... Mm. That's a lot harder to do because you're not an adult. You don't, you don't go up and say, hey, I just want this toy. I didn't think about that as a kid. I just thought... <laughs> you have,
2: to eat, th- you have to eat the burger. It's <laughs> the gamble.
0: You, you you just get what you get. But the, the day that I got the Neuralizer, I lost my fucking shit. And I kept that thing for so fucking long. And I was kind of convinced, you know, in that kid brain that, could this work? <laughs> it's like, I wish it could. <laughs> like, your imagination wants it to. And... um as an older adult like yeah no there's there's a consequence there there's an issue there there's a there's a a moral issue um so glad it doesn't but you know like i combining like what joe was saying about the cool tech and what eric you were saying about um the 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 fine saucer saucer thing like this world that they created and the aesthetic with men in black that is very you know specific to this like you could see one of those weird ass guns that i swear to god looked like the bit of a claw machine with a handle on it and then a brain Mm -hmm. in a jar for some reason or some kind of organ that's an odd combination of shit like it's all very like it's ingrained into the head oh my god and i wish there was more toys when I was a kid, there wasn't really a lot of toys for this shit, Yeah, they enough. didn't do
2: much, at least that I remember. Uh, lots of products, like, lots of tie-ins to, like, the Ray-Bans yeah. and, like, some other stuff, but not enough toys. Like, I, the guns would have been cool. Like, those. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the tech there, was just so
1: There, There was a fun, and I might still be at the park, but at Universal, there was a Men in Black ride that was cute. I remember going on it and it's like you're in a car, and you've got a gun, and you shoot. It's kind of like, you know, the train I feel training. like I
2: remember that, too, now that you mention it. But the, the scene in this movie when Will Smith's, you know, like the train thing, s- and, and they have yeah, like I wanted, yeah. the aliens pop up. It's
1: <laughs> mostly that, but with a couple of typical Universal Studios animatronics. Can, you
0: know. can we talk about the whole initiation scenes? Like, the testing scenes? Those were fucking great.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Oh my god, when he's dragging the fucking table. He's kind of like,
2: owns everybody, like.
0: Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah. well. That's the thing they were testing pretty much like if you have all these skills, do you still have common sense or mm-hmm. some 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 ingenuity and in, in problem solving skills um, or patience, for example, with the sh- gun shooting thing, which still to this day it's like, can you tell me why little Susie had to die?
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell <laughs> me why little Tiffany deserved to die. Tiffany, yeah, deserved to die. <laughs> <I just> got... <laughs> Advanced particle physics textbooks. She's with Bad Neighborhood late at night, she's up to something.
2: Yeah. You know, like, the snarling beast, he's just sneezing. It's it's not like a one of a kind scene. We've seen it a lot, but I, I think that it's it's a well done scene with uh, you know, just just kind of saying why why is Will Smith so uniquely qual Will Smith's character, I should say, uniquely qualified to this position and uh that the tests aren't you know, on the level necessarily. They're not testing you. Like, like often I think things do, like a, any job interview you've ever gone into, right? They're not just testing you on the literal questions they're a- asking. It has a lot to do with how you present yourself. And uh the buckle-down kind of military approach to everything might not be the best approach to dealing with the kinds of situations that they're going to deal with in this unit, and, you know, being a man in black. Uh,
0: well, they even show that right away in, like, the beginning with... um when when you when you had the illegal aliens human illegal aliens crossing the border and you had the border patrol stop them and then you know the men in black show up and they're like the rest of you can go enjoy america welcome to the country we're gonna take this guy and they're like what the hell are you doing and it's like the show and it's like people are people that doesn't matter (laughs) like (laughs) it's so petty like they they very quickly in those few seconds showed like it's petty to really care this much about illegal immigration (laughs) like this there's bigger issues or uh, more dangerous, li- like literally more dangerous people to worry about.
1: Well, the line he says too, yes, you know, keep up the good job, protect us from the dangerous aliens. Yes, that little <laughs> fucking, like, burn,
0: yeah. Which I think
1: uh, that, again, I'm, I'm so glad Tommy Lee Jones is in this movie because I can't think of many other actors who could deliver that line
2: and it sounds so acerbic.
1: And just, yeah. You know. Well, it,
2: and I read that... The, uh, Clint Eastwood was up was offered the role at one point, and I'm like, I could kind of see it, but I just don't think you'd get the same. No. Thing, and, and Clint's fine. Like he, he, I'm sure he would pull it off. Kind of. He, he's been able to do like that kind of comedy thing with his persona as well. But I don't know. Tommy Lee Jones is just perfect for it because he's got that kind of. I I don't know if it's a one a one tone delivery on stuff, but like the jokes just roll out perfectly. The deadpan just always always hits. I actually think a lot of my favorite roles of his are roles like this, where he's, you know, he plays the straight man in kind of a comedy film. Um, he's kind of like, just, he, he kind of sets an ideal of what
0: you kind of want to be when you become older. It's like, yeah, I want to be that guy. Like, <laughs> like.
2: <laughs> kind of wise, but still kind of, you know. Wit, like a sharp wit to you. Yeah, but at the same time, he's 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 wise, but he's not totally like uh He's still a little burned out and kind of, you know, cynical as well. Yeah. Uh, to an appropriate amount, like he's he's doling out the, I guess to be wise. I mean, not to get too philosophical, but I suppose to be wise, you have to be a little bit cynical too, right? That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like he fun. says when he, when they first are on the, the elevator
1: and the you know, you see like the headquarters and all the aliens walking around. He's like, as of this moment, all of your skills mean dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's a cool scene. That's that's a Star Wars cantina scene.
0: Yeah. Oh sure yeah, is. the the fuck and it and it's just essentially like a um like an international airport.
1: It's like a terminal. Yeah. Terminal. Just people coming it's in. Customs. What brings
0: what brings you here? Mm, lunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's <laughs>
1: customs. Um Yep. Uh,
2: yeah, they really captured how well that does remind you customs. And well, there's this that's a great juxtaposition because it's something that's so mundane and ordinary but it's being populated by these extraordinary characters and such and it just yeah well even their
0: expansion of and I thought this was pretty fun of like all those like things like the tabloids or or these teachers or celebrities that you swear to God are aliens they (laughs) they fully lean right into that with everything about it and like yeah it actually turns out like, there's something about that absurdism, that absurdism being, like, the truth that is just so, mm. that makes it so fun that, like, yeah, I, like, the concept of the Men in Black would have been cool to see as a, as a maybe dark tale, sure, but, like, it's better as this. Like a, uh, I can almost see the Men in Black existing in the world with Hitchhiker's Guide to the
2: Galaxy. That might be quite the claim, but... Yeah, it's not quite that far... No, but I, I no. see where you're going. It's in the, It's more in that vein than it is like. It's like you know, X Files
0: meets. Uh, yeah, yeah, hitchhikers, hitchhikers
2: like. guide, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, don't, I like that. That's what they did with it. Honestly, agreed. Like, that's yeah. actually what I like about this. Like, I think if they would have made this really dark and serious, it would have been. It may have been popular, done some box office with its cast, but I don't think it would have been the the memorable film that it is. Yeah, like I it's... feel like if they
1: made it more serious, you definitely need a different cast. You'd Need like Malkovich or something. <laughs> <laughs> in every role. In every role, just a one man show. John Malkovich oh, yeah. is the man. Malkovich, is... Mitch Malkovich
2: is the man in black. You gotta say it, say it like him, and you can say it. You see, say it so. like you mean Malkovich. Oh, my yeah, God! Go. Wow. <laughs>
1: it's like yeah. it's like Michael Caine. I am an MIB. Yeah.
2: That would be a little too as His next one-man show is going to be so. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's got to be Men in Black. Just man though, just (laughs) one. He's going to do it all.
2: Man in Black. Yeah. (laughs) (gasps) Well, what do
0: we think? Are we want some uh,
1: final thoughts and a grade on Men in Black?
2: I mean, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, I think I'm good to good to go i um uh yeah i'll just i'll start i think men in black was uh this was a really positive experience for me because this was a movie i liked a lot watched a whole bunch when it was a newish movie and then i haven't really seen a lot of since and this was which is rare i think this was every <laughs> bit as good as i remember it being like it was it's it's a simple movie like there's not a whole lot of like deep like yeah, I don't know there's not we pointed out there's some some good writing here and there's some moments that it's definitely deeper than you would give it credit for but in general it's a it's a it's a summer blockbuster popcorn movie and it excels in all of those areas and i think it's just a lot of fun uh cast is great uh, i actually think it holds up it's special effects everything like it's it's actually very watchable still there's not much i would take away from it as being dated um which, even from 1997, is a rarity, as we have found out on this podcast many times. Um, yeah, this is kind of one of those movies, that, that, there's many of them, but this is one of those perfect kind of summer blockbuster movies. I I think, like, this is something I can't wait to show to my kids, they're probably not quite ready, they're, like, and not like appropriateness necessarily, but attention span, I don't think it's going to quite be their thing yet, but I think in a few years, like you were saying, Joe, like, uh, uh-huh. with your son, that um, I think it might be... It's one I kind of can't wait to show them because I think it's I think it's it's worthy of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm gonna give this one a, a, a B plus because it's uh, uh, it's it's almost a territory for me, but it's just not quite. It just doesn't quite like knock it out of the park hundred uh, percent. But yeah, it's a fun, funny, um, every bit as good as you remember movie. So yeah, I'll end up B plus.
1: Hmm what about you
0: ryan i i'm with i'm with eric as well in terms of like you know when you do the podcast of reviewing films and you're like oh okay we review certain films it's like oh this isn't as good as i remember uh this (laughs) is one of those ones where it not only stayed it got better because now that i am older because i was so young seven when i saw this movie um that like A lot of things that fly over my head but you know there's a lot of things going on that kept my attention and now as an adult i can now catch up catch on like the little like quips back and forth uh the mannerisms uh the tech is just so fun to watch the tech in the universe the whole universe itself is just fuck it's just a fun nostalgic um wonderful sci-fi fantasy world that uh that uh i'm i'm glad that we revisited i'm glad we reviewed it i'm glad i like watched this with a critical lens and felt joy um it's i got nothing really more to add to this other than this is an a for me without a doubt like it's like is it part of nostalgia maybe but i fucking still really enjoyed every part of this movie (laughs) so i can't help but deny uh (laughs) it has to be an a it just has to be an a
1: I think I'm going to land pretty close to you guys as well. Um, yeah, this is, l- like like you both said, when you're looking at stuff from the late 90s, it, especially today, stuff a couple of lines of dialogue can really date a movie and, and really take you out of it. Um, yeah. This is very well crafted as far as the script. I think Will Smith was a great choice for this one uh, for the tone that they were going for because, you know, will smith was what everybody kind of considered to be you know a very safe actor and i think he still is i mean the guy's still making movies still a very good actor um mm-hmm. but this was really starting you know getting him in there during the the peak of his you know summer blockbuster runs of the of the late 90s uh tommy lee jones is a great straight man to, to have kind of bounce off of him you've got rick baker effects you got ilm doing the the, vi- the visual effects for it um and and barry sonnenfeld behind the camera this is this is bound to be good like this is you know the probability of this failing would be low um and i think we see that with the sequels right which don't really capture the same magic because you're not you don't have to show the world anymore you've already done that and with this movie but that's really what what makes this one stand out um they have a lot of potential here to go in some other directions, but they keep it light, they keep it fun. And, wow, when you actually plan a movie like that for a very specific kind of summer blockbuster, you know, from 1997 to 2022, yeah, it still holds up. The effects still hold up, the the jokes still land. Um, it's, it's still really fun. Is it stupid? Of course it is. But that's what a summer blockbuster is. They're dumb, and they're an escape, and this is a really fun one. So I'm also going to land right in an A for uh, for Men in Black.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: but we would also love to hear what any of our listeners think of Men in Black, whether this one, the sequel, or that animated series, which, seriously, if you have a chance to watch it, it's shockingly good. Um, but we would love to hear any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms at the Video Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, or find us on Facebook at the Main Video Junkier Podcast page or the Main Video Junk Podcast group.
2: If you write it, we'll read it, and we'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, uh, head over to patreon.com slash videojunkyardpodcast and consider making a donation. Anything that you uh, do give goes directly back into making this podcast. I want to thank you for joining us and uh, hope you'll join us in the coming weeks. Next week, we're going to look at the uh, Ivan Reitman film Evolution, which is another of the um, Ghostbusters Esque movies that were like Ryan explained earlier in the show. I'm just gonna leave it at that because I have not done a good job of explaining. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> leave it at that. Yep. And then we're gonna do uh, the following week Some um, following a couple weeks, we're gonna do a couple more uh, holiday-themed slasher films, and that's leading up to because we have a, a air date on April 1st. We're gonna look at April Fool's Day and My Bloody Valentine. So, um, of course, much more great stuff to come even the, in the weeks following. I hope you will uh, consider coming back and joining us for those. We want to thank you once again for listening to the Video
1: Junkier Podcast, and we hope you've enjoyed yourself and you'll share around and join us again next week. And until then, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson, And I'm Ryan Sasko saying... You
0: know
2: what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. On Twitter, at VideoJunkPod. And on Instagram, as VideoJunkyardPodcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard.